Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. And today we're here with Jody Krangle. Did I pronounce your last name right, Jody? You did. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I should have asked you that before the interview. <laughs> I, I butcher good. these all the time. It's so funny. But anyway, so we're here with Jody. I'm excited to have her here with us today because when she reached out to me, the, the part that was so intriguing to me and that made me want to bring her on the show is that she's all about audio branding. And all of you know, I plug this all the time. It's like, you need to have a podcast. But a lot of the nuances are what get us hung up, right? And Jody's here really today to kind of debunk a lot of those theories, help you figure out how to really brand yourself on your audio so that you stand out. Um, and I'm hoping she'll also give me some pointers on my show while we're here. So that's all, <laughs> all the, the, the selfish side of things. <laughs> so Jody, say do. what's up to everybody and let's hop in. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Super excited to have you here, Jody. So Thanks. I kind of want to kick this one off. And it's actually really not uh, the question I ask people typically, but why, <laughs> why did you choose to come and talk about this on podcasts? Mostly because I'm a voice actor. That's what I do all day, every day. And I've been doing that for around 14 years. And I was noticing, and I'm sure a lot of my fellow voice actors and anyone who works in the audio industry is experiencing this as well. Less so now, because I think people are starting to clue into the fact that it's important. But a lot of the times in any production that we get called into, we're like an afterthought. We're the last person that they put the little bow on the present, you know, <laughs> with. So I, I always kind of wondered why that wasn't being considered earlier on in the process, because it just didn't make sense to me that you'd tack on such an important thing right at the end. And it can inform everything that you're creating. So if you don't think about it to begin with, you're actually doing yourself a disservice and your company and your brand. So I thought it was pretty important to talk about. Right. I love that. And I love that you're actually going out and sharing this with people because I found this with the podcasting industry personally, that it's one of the most unselfish industries. And that's what I love about the audio industries. It's like, let's, how can we give back? Obviously, it comes back to us. We know it. You know, like getting our name out there, getting on big shows, it's it's valuable. But I I love the fact that you're like, hey, let's let's get out here and and give. So I, I want to kind of ask you, you know, along the lines of of voice acting and and using that in a podcast, what are some of your big tips for somebody who is in podcasting to take their podcast from just kind of another show to be its own brand? Well, I think that you can use an intro and an outro strategically. So getting that professionally produced, um, you could do that yourself, too. I'm not saying that someone else needs to do the voice for your intro or outro. You could do it yourself, but it should sound somewhat professional. <laughs> so, you know, being able to uh, read a script <laughs> would be handy. <laughs> um, choosing music that isn't only stuff that you like. So thinking of the audience that you're trying to reach and using music that you think will appeal to them that you also like, that, that's a big, a big thing. You're thinking about your audience as well as yourself. And also being passionate about the, the topic that you're talking about means you're not going to pod fade, right? So if you're actually passionate and, and talking about something that means something to you personally, then you're going to keep on with it. It's going to be a, a mission, let's say. And eventually, even if you're 
your uh, intended audience isn't the one it reaches, you will reach an audience that will resonate with that message. So, yeah, yeah, I I just think those things are important. But also, a lot of podcasters have key phrases that they use. And that's audio branding, too. It's not all about the intro and outro, the music you use, etc. It's also what you do to intro your own, like your own phrase that you say every time you start a podcast or every time you end a podcast. Those are things that people will start to remember you for. So memory is key here. Right. And, and, you know, when you, when you say that, I'm trying to think through who are the people that I know do that. Cause I actually don't have a great catchphrase yet. We've been thinking about this for years for, <laughs> and we have a pretty stellar brand. So we're like, mm-hmm. how do you have like a great catchphrase that doesn't make me feel stupid saying it, you know? <laughs> you know, if it comes naturally, I think that that's a great thing to have. I don't think everyone needs one. I just think if, if you happen to naturally fall into saying something at the end of every podcast, um, you know, like there's one podcast that I listen to uh, called the Total Life Freedom Podcast, which comes out every day. And Vincent Puglisi is the guy who does it. And I listen to them with my morning coffee every morning. And the last thing he says is, and I'll be back with you tomorrow or I'll be I'll be back with you, you know, next day or whatever. But he right. says that same phrase every time. And and I just know, OK, that's the end of the podcast. And it just ends there. He doesn't even have an intro or an outro. <laughs> So, but it's a daily, yeah, it's a daily podcast. It's five minutes or so long. So it's not a huge, I mean, you don't want an intro and an outro necessarily that's very long with a podcast that's five minutes. It's going to take half the podcast. Right. (laughs) So it really depends on what your podcast is, who you're talking to and how patient you think they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and I want to take some of those things you just talked about, Jody, and kind of unpack them because- they're so valuable. I mean, we, we look at um, a lot of the podcasters that we work with, nearly all of them and everybody listening to this show, they're listening because they're an entrepreneurial podcaster, right? They work, they want to interview entrepreneurs. They want to talk about entrepreneurship. But the thing that I always tell people is don't be so concerned about your topic. Um, it's okay to change topic. And because the way I've avoided, we've interviewed over 1200 people over the past five years. And wow, <laughs> right. I mean, if I ask the same five questions that many times, oh, yeah. I'd shoot myself. That'd be horrible. But really focusing on saying, okay, what are the genuine interests that I have? Right. And so, you know, Jody, the same time I was sent your bio was the same time I was sent probably 18 other entrepreneurs, but you're stood out because I'm like, I'm genuinely curious about this. I want to know. <laughs> and, and I know this is going to sound bad, but I'm almost like, I don't even care if my audience is. I'm, I'm interested in it. And what's funny is because I am, my audience is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They can definitely pick up on your passion. Yeah. Right. And it's just so funny to me though, that, 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 uh, people get locked into that. So I kind of want to ask you that because you mentioned pod fade, right? Just explain what that is first off, because most people who are listening probably know, but some people might be like, (laughs) what the heck is that? Sure. Yeah. Pod fading is when you just sort of stop putting out episodes. You don't tell anyone, you just kind of like disappear. (laughs) (laughs) You lose interest in your podcast (laughs) and you're done. Yeah. (laughs) And that happens a lot. Yeah. Which by the way is like 95% of shows. (laughs) Yes. And after like the seventh, like people do seven in seven podcasts and then they're like done. Okay. I tried it. This isn't working for me, (laughs) which I don't know how you can tell that after seven episodes, but yeah. Okay. 700. And then, then (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just reached my 100 on my own podcast. So we're that's there. a big that's a big mark. You can <laughs> now invite Joe Rogan on your show just so you know, he'll come. Oh, on. really? Yeah, I'll, I'll be the only right thing he cares about there. is that you have at least 100, 100 episodes. <laughs> 
Yeah. But Joe, let's talk about your voice. <laughs> and can you hire me? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's quite an interesting thing. That's why I love audio though, is is that it does allow you to kind of have that liberty. And so, you know, with you, I know this really isn't like you said, your your full focus or area of expertise per se, but but picking topics, right? How do you recommend people pick a topic that actually represents their brand well? I think you need to discover the inner story of what that particular program is going to focus on. So you know who you're trying to reach, generally. People usually do know who their audience is or have thought about it. And you know what topics you want to make sure you cover. But within that subject, each person that you interview has a different story to tell. So one of the first questions I always ask someone when they come on my show is, what's an early memory of sound that moved you? Because a lot of the people that I interview, for instance, are people who are very immersed in the sound industry. And I want to know what got them interested in the first place. How did they get there? Right? Like, that's right. the story for me. So I'm really interested in finding out the the, the progress of, of how they got to where they are and then what they think is coming in the future. So ultimately, every question that I ask kind of leads in that direction. But there's lots of places to go in there. And with active listening, you can sort of get in there and ask questions after they say something that, you know, that intrigues you and that gets you thinking, okay, well, I may know what that is, but my audience may not. Can you explain this a little more kind of deal? Like we were just talking about with Podfade. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And yeah, and I love that. I think that's such a a unique way to put it too. You know, and I love the question you ask people is like, what was that first experience? Mm -hmm. It's especially interview style podcasting. I have people tell me, I'll tell you, oh, you're so good at it. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I'm great at interviewing, to be honest with you. I just, I do have a genuine curiosity about people and, and asking people questions, even if it feels stupid, Yeah. like asking you about pod fade, I'm like, I bet you 95% of people on this show know what that means, but it's like, let's, let's talk it through. Let's see what, sure. you know, and for me, it's a genuine curiosity. Um, mm-hmm. But I know for myself, right. If I ask that same question 45 times. I'm so burned out of hearing the exact same answer that I, that I changed. One of them, I mean, you even mentioned your ideal listener, right? We always talk about who your ideal customer is. And every time I ask an entrepreneur, where should they start? Like, well, you need to know your ideal customer. And after hearing that about 5,000 times for myself, I'm like, okay, I can't keep asking this question. I'm falling asleep to the answer, you know, Um, even though it's so vitally important, but, but I find myself finding that fade. And, and for you though, it just seems like that's kind of your area of expertise is saying, hey, let's <laughs> let's dive into the these real genuine questions. <laughs> well, the questions that I ask, I make sure that they could have a different answer. I think that's kind of key to what you're talking about. If I ask one question and it got the same answer every time, I get really bored too. <laughs> but everyone seems to have a different early aspect of sound that happened in their life that really got them on the path they're going. Right. So for me, that's the story. That's the intro. That's how they got into this. And yeah. the, the answer to that question is different every single time I ask it, which I love. <laughs> right. Because everybody has a different story. And I love exactly. that because that's, I had a coach, I, I got a coach early on to help me with being a better interviewer because I was not good. And I still don't feel like I'm amazing at it, but he, he was it's like a learning process. <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> totally. such a learning process, yes. especially if you're talking to somebody who's boring. That's you're like, oh, yeah. I, just can't keep this I conversation have pre-interviews. Going. This is something that I will, I will let everyone in who's listening to this. If you have the opportunity, 15, 20, 30 minutes, 
before you actually interview someone, actually just have like a pre-interview and yep. talk to them and make sure that they're going to be a good person for your your podcast because you can tell right then if they're going to be a dud or not. <laughs> right, and and to and be willing to say you're not. Yes, I, I think people. I've had people chew me out when I say, sorry, I mean, you, thanks for coming on, but we're not going to, we're not going to post this. We're not going to, you know, yeah. because it was just poor content and they I'd will rather freak tell out them. Me. Yeah. I'd rather tell them before, like <laughs> right. we have that pre-chat and then I don't think this is the greatest fit, but I really think you're great and go do what you're going to do. And, and I wish you every success. <laughs> and get a know? personality. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> yeah, but no, it, and, you know, a lot of it just has to do with someone who know they may know their topic really well, but they can't talk about it. And right. that can be that can be key. And that doesn't make them a bad person. It just right. doesn't make them a great interview. <laughs> right. And and it's so funny because there's little nuances that people don't think of that it does require a lot of practice to get to the point where you know you know when to pause, you know what questions to ask. But what I love about your specific question that you ask, you said it's it's to bring out their story because it's always different. That's what my coach told me. He's like, ask them about the epiphany moment. If you don't have a good question, that's that's my go-to is mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how did you get to that thought process? Like, you know, it, and it, it can be as boring like for you. I could be as boring as, you know, well, what was the epiphany moment you want to become a voice actor, right? It's an easy question and you'll have a great answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love your question. I want to, I want to pitch this one back at you, Jody, because what, what uh, was that moment for you that you felt that you, what did you say? It was like basically like the audio sunk into your heart or something. How did you say it? Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the moment that you experienced sound that really made a deep impression on you. Yes. And I will say that I was raised in a very musical household. So my mother sings and my dad plays guitar and piano. And when I was a kid, my sister and I and my parents would have sing along time, not story time. So oh, that was our, that was how I was raised. I was raised to understand that music was going to be a big part of my life from day one. So right. for me, that's always been, using my voice has always been part of everything I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's such a beautiful story. And, and to me, it, the follow-up question for me on that one is just that, you know, how have you been inspiring that in the next generation? Do you have kids? Have I asked you this? I do not, no. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you inspire that in that next generation? That's my question for you. Well, I'm trying to do that with the podcast. And Love the that. way that I do that with the podcast is that I don't just talk about the business aspect of this. I also talk about the human aspect of this. Right. So um, I do talk about audio branding as it pertains to advertising and how sound influences us in what we buy. But I also talk about how it influences us in our daily lives. So I talk about how we can lessen our anxiety through listening to sound. So binaural beats and ASMR and um, uh, shamanic sound healing. I actually had an a woman from Australia come on my show who is a shamanic sound healer who talked about how she helps people transition from life to death through drumming. Like it's like it was it was pretty Crazy. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in my own uh, essays, I talk about how things that we didn't think had sound actually have sound like planets <laughs> and black holes and, you know, things in the cosmos and good vibrations. Where did that come from? And how are the products that we are using, using sound, even though they don't need to have that sound anymore? Like vacuum cleaners don't need to be as loud as they are. But if they aren't that loud, we don't think they're working. 
right? Like there's weird. It's bizarre, and but true. <laughs> it is bizarre. Exactly. But also you can influence what you taste by what you hear. So all of our senses work together. It's just a fascinating subject to me altogether. And so I'm, I'm trying to help other people be as fascinated with it as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's intriguing, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of people look at intriguing topics like, wow, that's amazing. And then they never deep dive further into it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think part of it is like, how is it relating to someone like us? Because as an entrepreneur, right, I, I have found, especially interviewing so many different people is that there's kind of two schools of people and, and they kind of fall into like political parties, but I'm not going to go political on it. Where like some believe in vibrations, for example, and some believe that that's a bunch of what do you call it? like malarkey. <laughs> um, and then it's, it's kind of back and forth, but but how do you spark the interest in something like you're doing into an audience of entrepreneurs? I'm just kind of curious how you're doing that. Well, a lot of this does have to do with advertising and making yourself more memorable. So if right. you understand how the human mind works, then you can understand how to best, you know, uh, move your advertising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it, it's all human nature. So uh, that whole thing about my mentioning um, consistent repetition that is how we remember, and that is how things make an impression in our brains. And right. that's why audio branding works so well. So for me, when people don't take that into account when they're doing a podcast or they're doing their branding for their company or anything like that, when they don't take that into account, they're missing out on a whole other world that could help them reach an audience that they want to reach. It's just it's mind boggling to me that it isn't paid more <laughs> attention to. <laughs> Well, and as you're talking, the word that keeps popping into my head is like, we're preached over and over and over again in marketing. We need to resonate with our audience. Yes. Resonate is a sound. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like thinking about what you're talking about. I'm like, that's it's so true. So intriguing. And well, so let me ask you this then with, and I have to kind of preframe this, right? Because like you, you mentioned <laughs> sure. this at the beginning of the interview that you're, you're full-time in voice acting. Mm -hmm. There are very few people on this planet that can do that they can get to, to the point where they're living a really good, um, having a good income and living a great lifestyle off mm -hmm. of voice acting, which is sad because I think it's awesome. I love it. What's, what's <laughs> making your differentiating factor? What's allowing you to be able to do that full time? Like, what would you say is that pivotal thing that's allowing you to attract enough business to be at that solopreneur and have such a great lifestyle? You know, I would say that this is something that every entrepreneur has to take into account, and that is knowing what to charge for your services. I think a lot of us come from um, positions of scarcity. And unfortunately, if that's the way that you price yourself, then you're not going to be able to make a full-time living from whatever it is you're doing. So you need to know your worth, and you need to charge what you're worth. And then I'm going to preface that also by knowing that you should also uh, pay what people are worth. So if you are an entrepreneur and you want people to pay your prices, but you're going to Fiverr for your design, <laughs> right. there's, there's, a, there's a disconnect there. So if someone is in a creative endeavor and they're asking for a certain amount of money, they're asking for that because that's how they make a living and their creativity is worth paying for. And it's right. it's worthy of being considered an actual thing that you should pay decent money for. Yeah. But but you are, too. Right. Like as right. entrepreneurs, we believe that we are worth paying for, too. So if you have that deep belief that you are worth paying for, pay other people what they're worth. Right. Jeez, that's brilliant. 
that's such a unique answer. I was not expecting that. <laughs> and I love that because it's, it's so true. I mean, we, we watch, cause I know for myself starting in marketing, when I was in college mm-hmm. and trying to start a business that way, I was like, how do I make this as cheap as possible? I need to be the low cost leader and I need to, but I also need to afford to pay these other people. So I was pulling for Fiverr and different places, trying to get, you know, VAs from the Philippines or what have you to sure. do this work. But what changed for me, even with our existing company was saying, how do I become the most expensive and make it worth it? Exactly. And I know for us, you know, when we first quoted people, you know, one of our packages is it was a six figure package, mm-hmm. which for me at the time was like, I couldn't even fathom selling that to somebody. Mm-hmm. I was still only at a 20% margin at that, at that package with what we were offering the person. And when they were just like, that's it, sweet, let's do it. I remember thinking to myself, that's it. That's, that's the whole, the, the crux of the matter. If you're charging too little, yeah. Hire somebody more expensive and crank your rates up and you'll look crazy, crazy valuable. Well, there is something to be said for the human psyche, actually. So if, if you actually look into the psychological experiments on this, the more that you spend on something, the more likely you are to think it's worth it because yeah. you are going for that premium thing, right? Whatever that premium thing is, they did they did a test I'm not sure who they are exactly. I can't like <laughs> I can't like quote this exactly, but I think if right. you look for it, you'll find the study. They did it uh, about coffee, and they had uh, two um, kiosks or like um, you know places you could go in a conference center or something like right. that. Each one had the same coffee, and one was for three dollars, and one was for twelve dollars. And the people who bought the twelve dollar cup of coffee consistently said that it was better than the three dollar <laughs> cup of coffee. It's the same coffee. Right. (laughs) Right. You're going to feel like an idiot when I tell you it's the same coffee. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make people feel like an idiot, but, but you can, (laughs) but you can sort of extrapolate from this that if you are not charging what you're worth, people are going to treat you as if you are a cheap commodity. And if you're a cheap commodity, you're a dime a dozen. It's a race to the bottom. Right. Right. Well, and and do you mind if I kind of rephrase one of the words you said there too? Go ahead. Instead of what you're worth, I feel like it's what what is the value that you're providing worth? Sure. And how do you make yep. it so valuable? Because I know for myself, I always felt like well, I'm not worth much. I don't have an education. I'm not good at this. And when I look yeah. at my own service, sometimes I'm still like, oh, this anything that Josh touches, I'm like, I shouldn't be touching that. Right? <laughs> yeah, we, we're in a very creative industry, and I I am very not artistically inclined um, with like graphic design. So whenever I touch that stuff. I'm like, oh, that's not worth the money. So I, I have to pay somebody better than me to do it just for that same reason. I know it's kind of a person, tangent. But... <laughs> that person is worth paying what they're worth, right? Right, Because they're adding value to what you're presenting to your clients. So, yeah. so my thought is I want to charge what I'm worth, but I also want to pay other people what they're worth. So yeah. in a way, I'm giving back by charging what I'm charging so that I can pay other people what, what they're worth. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so brilliant. And man, we're coming up to the end of that conversation here. I'm like, <laughs> I could talk to you for days. This is a fun conversation. Um, so I do want to just kind of wrap up this interview though, because we've given mm-hmm. some really good actionable steps. And I usually ask people to give that at the end of the interview, but you've given it. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> go, go, go re-listen to this interview, pull out a pen and paper and make sure that you're saying, okay, what are those actionable steps I can take today and, and go apply them, take those steps. So Jody, just to kind of wrap up this interview, could you give us one entrepreneurial parting piece of guidance? 
I think that you can outsource long before you think you can. Uh, and the reason that I say that, and I've, I've said this a few times on other places, but it still <laughs> holds really well. Uh, if you free yourself up to do the stuff that you are really brilliant at and you pay other people to do the stuff that you don't feel you're as good at, your whole organization benefits and your psyche, your own mental well-being benefits because you get to do more of what you love to do and less of what you hate to do. <laughs> So, and actually that'll help you make money. So I I do feel that people try to wait to outsource until they have this bunch of money saved up that they know they can allocate to that fund, right? No, no, just do it now. You will, you will thank me. Just, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> uh, that's such a, br- I was going to end the interview right there, but I have to throw my two cents in this. I, I completely <laughs> <Go for> agree. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny to me that people... Everybody thinks, oh, when I can afford the next person. But I every time I hire someone, mm-hmm. it's either out of our cash account, you know, if we do have cash, but it at the beginning it was always debt. It was mm-hmm. always debt. It was taking out debt so I could afford that next person because as you said, it just it always yields. So I really, truly appreciate you coming on, Jody. That was such a fun, fun conversation. My pleasure. Um, and <laughs> I'm gonna ask you one final question too, sure. because that was the last question, but I have one more for you. <laughs> okay. Tell us what's next. What's next what's for next? Jody? What's the big, the big goal, the big aha you're shooting for? Oh my goodness! Um, you know, I just love what I'm doing. <laughs> I just, I honestly, I, I just really love what I'm doing. I love voiceover. I love doing it as often and as much as I possibly can. Um, and and I just, I love every minute of it. So whatever allows me to do more of that, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you, Jody? Where can they go and hire you? I'm at voiceoversandvocals.com. And if they're interested in the podcast, if it's okay to mention Please that. Please do. Plug away. <laughs> that's at uh, audiobrandingpodcast.com. And I'm actually on Clubhouse as well, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern if people are interested. So I have a club called The Power of Sound. And guess what we talk about? <laughs> couldn't be sound. <laughs> oh, couldn't be. <laughs> Well, and I can, I can personally attest, go listen to that podcast. It's fantastic. She does such a great job over there. Jody, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you learned anything from this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with another entrepreneur who could help. Thanks again. And I'll catch you on the flip side.